Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Well, we're kick, kicking off a new series um, uh, just because I thought it was kind of cool. If you've ever seen the movie Now You See Me, well, Now You See Me Too is out. And it was really kind of a, 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 you know, somewhat interesting film. And I thought, you know, if, if we could ask ourselves the question, where are we, who are we, you know, now you see me, this is who I am. And I think a lot of times um, we're very uncomfortable with who we are. We're uncomfortable with our situation, maybe how we feel, how we look. Um, but what's really important is God, now you see me and every day he sees us and every day he knows us every day he feels us all the pain, the anguish, the dreams, the visions, the hopes that we possess God's right there with us and so as we hit the midpoint of the summer uh, and we begin to identify uh, well actually this is the second quarter for Mosaic um, we had three months and now we're on the, the next three months but I'd like you turn turning your Bibles uh, to uh, Luke chapter 10 and uh, Luke chapter 10 and we're going to take a look at perspectives on, on living um, and it says in verse 17 the 72 returned with joy and said Lord even the demons submit to us in your name even the demons submit to us in your name he replied I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you verse 20 however do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven so our approach to life um, and how we perceive God and how we uh, live every day may be centered around this do we really celebrate the fact that our names are written in heaven you know that that's the greatest joy of all and your name is not written there because you're good your name's not written there because you've really, 2016, you've really been holy. By whose measurement? Our own? The reason I rejoice in this is because when you receive Christ and when you accept him, that in that moment, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And it's such a wonderful thing to know that it's because of the work of Christ and what he did. And so we have to, on that foundation, determine how we're going to live our lives. Are we going to live our lives by the opinions of others? Are we going to live the lives by the knowledge that we now possess? And wake up every day knowing that, that God sees us differently than we see ourselves. 
Actually, God sees us through the blood, through the filter of the blood, through the cross. Not through our performance, not through what we've done or we haven't done, but through the cross. And so now we have several things that we want to approach. Number one, if you're taking notes, life is short. Fight the right fights. So ask yourself the question today, what are the fights I'm fighting? What am I giving my energy to? Because, you know, it seems as though children have this limitless energy, but they really don't. That's deception. They only do for a season. Do you realize kids can sleep for 12 hours? I mean, any of us had teenagers, it's like you want to go in and check and see if they're breathing. Something like that. So we look at them and we, we go, wow, I used to be able to have the, I had the energy they had. Look, you really have more energy than a kid has. You just know how to use it wisely. They use it all at one time. And then they go into hibernation. We have the same amount of energy. We're just smarter. You hear that, teenagers? We're smarter. (laughs) We don't allow ourselves the privilege of just going after things for no apparent reason. Adults are strategic. Why? Because we've begun to understand we we the 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 shortness, the brevity of life. And so we calculate better our response to life. You know, any man over 40 will never sleep 12 hours without getting up. Yeah, no. So we don't have that luxury any longer. And somehow I used to watch my grandfather uh, my grandmother was kind of my hero if you ever had one person in life and so I would stay with them and I would like why do you just wake up at 5.30 without an alarm clock who does that I don't want to say old people because every now and then I find myself doing that <laughs> and you ask the question why do I do that you know because I, I think we've measured life and there's so much peace in the day because you learn to fight the right fights. Remember how silly you used to be and some of you old people may still be silly. I should use the word older, right? Okay. We will never be old. We will just be older. And so we, we, we spend energy on, on things that are not worthy of our energy. They're just not. If I could say anything to you today, do an appraisal of why you respond the way you respond to the things that you respond to. If you're a type A personality, you'll need a calculator. (laughs) Trust me. And so I find myself asking that question, now: how much energy am I going to give to this situation? This last week, um, it was just, you know, I have five children. My youngest is almost 18. And uh, she had an accident, car accident. So I get this call, which is the call you never want to get. And uh, so I said, well, how are you doing? Now, 
You have to understand, my first kid would have paid hell. Because it's a reflection on your ability to teach them to drive, right? See how, we, see how we do things? So you fight the fight oftentimes from the platform of your own insecurity. You say, how do I get rid of this? You have to deal with an insecurity. Because if you're fighting a wrong fight, it's usually built on that foundation, not on the foundation of his authority. So the reason we fight that fight is because we're insecure. I didn't do something right. How could you do that? I taught you what to, I, I didn't even do it. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm good. I said, how's the other driver? They're good. I said, then honey, we're good. Why even give any? I never had another conversation. But you say, how bad was the accident? Think the car's totaled. <laughs> At least my kids, when they do it, they do it right. <laughs> so how much energy do we give to an accident? How much energy do we give to a, a disagreement? How much energy do we give to trying to be right? Because if your fight is to be right, it's the wrong fight. If your fight is to be right, it's the wrong fight. It's that simple. If somebody wants to argue with me, they're probably going to be bored out of their mind because I'm done. Don't want to fight that fight. I want to fight the good fight. And that good fight is about the faith that we possess and the authority we've been given. I want to fight for that. That's a spiritual battle. And that's the fight you want to fight. You don't want to be fighting fights with other people. I spent most of my life doing that. And um, Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You see, the spirits submit to us now, but we're called to rejoice about what we have forever. Not that the spirits submit to us, but that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. They're written in heaven. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think God owns an eraser when it comes to that book. He said he would never leave me, never forsake me. And so when we, if we fight the right fight, we're fighting an eternal battle, a supernatural, a spiritual battle. Every battle that you win in the flesh is a wasted battle to win. We battle principalities and powers and spirits of darkness in heavenly places. That's our battle. So if somebody gets stupid around you, say, it's all good go in the other room pray fight it there watch what happens in the other room because it's not the person you're battling it's a spirit it's a spirit and we all wrestle it's not just the it's not just them the person that you're dealing with it's us each and every one of us and when you begin to fight that battle spiritually watch and see what happens naturally it's an amazing thing to watch God begin to change somebody right in front of your eyes because you can't do it. If you can require someone to change behaviorally, that's all you've been successful at. There's not a change in here. If there's not a change of heart, there will only be a momentary change in behavior. 
But when someone's heart is changed, then you never have to tell them again because it's in them. Doesn't mean they'll never be stupid again, but they'll catch it. So rather than coming at someone, remember, life's too short to fight the wrong fights. I want to fight to make my world a better place. Fight less for your rights. Fight more for family and less with family. Fight for the reason that I was put on earth. We were put here to worship. You know, one of the greatest battles in the world, and you guys know I don't believe that church is why we go to heaven. There are a lot of great Christians, I believe, that sleep in every Sunday. But let me tell you what I believe about that. I do believe that worship teaches us to fight the right way. During this worship experience this morning, you were fighting. It didn't feel like a fight. You know why it didn't? Because you were, you were trusting in the Lord. When Jehoshaphat was told, look, you're not going to have to fight him. Just begin to worship gathered the, the singers and they went before the great army can you imagine what that looked like in the natural the great warriors are following the band everything in their flesh said I want to fight God said you are you're worshiping and by your worship that supernatural battle is producing confusion in your enemies you won't have to throw a spear it's a way to fight everything in us wants to satisfy our flesh and men, men are the worst men are the worst we want to we want to fight the fight. Testosterone is a horrid thing sometimes. And we want to fight that fight. God says, no. Fight the right fight. What's important? You see, we oftentimes have victory in our focus I want to be victorious. I want to live a victorious life. I want to have victory. I want to be the winner. I want to be the champion. But listen to this. Success and victory are not our goal. Obedience is the goal. God is the goal. God is not a means to an end. God is not the carrier of our goal. God is our goal. He is our goal. People ask me all the time, say, well, you know, what do you want to do, Mosaic? What do you want it to, you know, how big do you want it to get? I said, you know, there was a day I could have answered that question. What I want more than anything is for this to be a house of worship where people's lives are changed. The rest is up to God. The rest is up to God. Do I think that it would be spectacular. I've got all kinds of carnal, secular reasons to ask God to do certain things because this is how earth works, God. But the reality is 
Our simple obedience opens the door for God to paint the picture that God wants to paint, to build the church God wants to build. The reality is we have more access to people than we've ever had with less intimacy than we've ever known. And we battle doing life and having intimacy with others for fear that what they see will not be to their liking. We live in prisons that we built. And really, what you want to be able to say is, here I am. Now you see me. This is me. The beauty of my life now is, now you see me. It just is what it is. And there's not a lot of... uh, glamour and, and we've, we've polished things up and I, I told Ben yesterday I said you know I really like our worship the way it is you know I, I'm, I'm so enjoying one person with a guitar you know I used to I thought the, the more expanded you know all that. now not saying we won't ever do more but right now in this season Every Sunday, is, it's us. I mean, we're, we're one instrument away from being Church of Christ. <laughs> you sound beautiful. Yeah, that, that's probably going to get us some responses. I didn't say good or bad. I didn't say what that was. I just said that's where we are, you know. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm good. That's, that's great. Life is short. Fight the right fight. Second, secondly, judge less and imagine more. Anger and judgment are dangerous weapons that we utilize to make ourselves feel better for a moment because once again of our insecurities we judge others because the reality is if we judge others according to the flesh uh, it's a way of us elevating ourselves because we can say they're worse than I am Wouldn't it be wonderful if we understood what Paul understood? I'm the greatest of all sinners. When's the last time you've ever heard anybody say that? That's not an easy admission. Because we really don't see ourselves that way. And yet, without the cross, we have no hope. We have no hope. It's so liberating to be honest before God and before others. Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody was running you down and say, you know, you, you hit it, yet you're spot on. I can give you a few more things you're not even aware of that you could use against me. You're talking about the argument being over. They won't even know what to do. 
but but it's I've, you know I've, I've had that happen where and I want to be you know I, I have so many goals that that are just kind of things that you objectives I guess that wouldn't it be great to never have an angry moment in your life now some of you have never been angry and I pity you <laughs> you've never really experienced life just kidding but anger being a secondary emotion given to express how we really feel to others to intimidate to make them feel what we feel wouldn't it be wonderful if you never made anybody feel that way it's kind of my goal. I grew up in an angry neighborhood. It was about the only emotion any of us knew. We had no idea it was underneath that. And uh, anger basically is bringing judgment on someone else. It, it expresses itself in such an ugly way and harmful and hurtful way. And um, one person said, don't judge life's failures as permanent they'll keep you from tomorrow's dreams most of us actually are not angry with other people we're really angry with ourselves because we see every day who we are who we're not what we've missed what we've hoped for what we haven't done all the dreams that we had maybe as a child that we set in class in the fifth grade and and sat there and looked out the window and we had no clue what the teacher was saying and we dreamed kids dream you know, I used to have, I started loving cars because I used to build leaf cars. Have you ever built a leaf car? I'm the only one that's built a leaf car. Do you know? Good. In the, in the fall, I would, I would get a rake and I would rake leaves and I would make a car. Remember that? Oh, good. Now it's, everybody's getting a little honest. Some of you waited for others. And... I, I would sit, I would get in and I would sit there and act like I was driving a leaf car. I had an imagination. And when we start growing up and we start paying bills and reality starts hitting and, you know, because when you're a kid, you think everybody likes you. There's such an innocence and an imagination that you think everybody likes you. And then one day, your feet and your ears and everything starts getting out of proportion your voice starts changing and and people make fun I mean it's so cruel you know I mean it's just so cruel if we could just freeze people for about 18 years they just you know and not have to go through junior high or middle school or whatever they call it now and that judgment begins to attack our innocence and our imagination you know I look at Daniel chapter 3 and I think you've got to be pretty secure to take a stand. And you've got you've to see beyond the pain of the moment. And I'm not going to read this, but just I wanted you to have the reference. And you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were, they were told to worship. They, they were not going to worship another god. And they took their stand, and they were absolutely sure that God would deliver. And as you know, he did. Was it because of their imagination? Was it because of their faith? What was what happens there? Because sometimes it's just a matter of saying, you know what, I've got 
to believe that there's something on the other side of this. And oftentimes we quit dreaming about that and quit thinking about that and quit holding on to that, whatever that dream is. I have those days here every now and then. I go, wow, the people say, how's the church going? I don't really know how to respond to that other than I'm having fun. (laughs) What does that mean? I guess it's going good. I mean, how do you measure that, really? How do you measure that? Do you measure that by presence or do you measure that by people? Or do you measure that by both? I, I want to be where the presence of God is. You, you can rally 5,000 people and God's nowhere to be found. And then you can have two or three people and he said, there I am in your midst. What do we want? Not minimizing growth. I'm not minimizing the expansion because where there's life and liberty, there is great attraction. And so I'm not minimizing that, but I am saying we have to imagine beyond opinion and perspective. And our imaginations are often dwarfed by other people's opinions. Why would you dream that? Why would you believe that? Why would you imagine that? Because something in here, not something I see out here, but something in here. I can't let go of and I won't give in to what's going on out here because of what's going on in here. We have to see with the eyes of our spirit the destiny that is before us and if we do that and we keep fighting the good fight with the imagination that God put in us not letting go and some people call that denial and maybe sometimes it is denial but in my opinion it's holy if you're exercising faith and things all around you are collapsing and I know that this comes with some debate but even Job said though he slay me yet will I serve him Job didn't care where his adversity came from He didn't even care if it might have come from God. He didn't know. But he said, I will serve him. It's an imagination to go no matter what. I can't lose. I cannot lose. I can't lose. Because if I die, and if nothing changes until I die, I go to heaven. Deal with it. You see what I'm saying? There's so much that we have to hang on to. And we have to overcome. Be patient. Be patient. Don't pray for patience. Be patient. You're just asking for it. Just keep your mouth shut and be. Don't say. Say, okay, I'm all bent out of shape about something that didn't happen in the time frame that we wanted it to happen our words create images imagination Disney World Disneyland is a result of one man's ability to imagine something that didn't exist people every year paying thousands of dollars 
to go and experience another man's dream because that's how deprived our world is individually I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that I'm just saying that what would happen if we all imagined that way there's so much more that could be done I've got to work on my imagination concerning property and facilities because I want a place you guys know me I believe that church is a community it's not a moment on Sundays it's a community we don't cease to be the church when we walk out these doors we, we're the church every day so we need a church for every day and I have to get my mind wrapped around doing this again of where are we going to go what are we going to build unless Noah's is ready to sign this over to us and I don't think they are <laughs> we probably have to find a place at some point so you kind of go I got I to gotta work on that what are the things you have to work on want a house can't see any way to get one see that's the problem because there is a way you just have to begin to imagine what that might look like and never let go of it God's quite capable of giving us more than we can think ask or imagine according to the power that's at work in us never give up on that never quit imagine a new perspective on time imagine eternity make every decision in light of that Don't, don't put restrictions on God. Don't put restrictions on God. Just believe God in such a silly way. Imagine such so much that God goes, I, I think I need to do something here. I think I need to do more. Why? Because they're believing for more. What's your, what's your Red Sea? You know, we, we love Bible stories. We just can't, we can hardly apply them to us. I mean, you know, theologians for years have tried to explain away the miracle that the children of Israel experienced at the Red Sea. Back in the day when I loved to fight over theological points, I'll never forget the fight of it's impossible that that story's accurate because there was a drought during that time. And there's no way there was that much water. Which is even the greater miracle that all these, oh, those Egyptians died in a cupful <laughs> of water. You can't explain away a miracle of God. They either drown on the no water. Or they, God did in fact make a wall for Israel to cross through on dry ground and swallow up the Egyptians. You can't explain that miracle away standing there at that Red Sea and Moses is thinking to myself oh my goodness what am I going to do let me propose this don't wait to have a great imagination until you're in crisis don't wait you don't have to be in crisis to dream you don't have to be in crisis to imagine get up every day put something on your refrigerator I was at a friend's house one time and it's, I only stayed one evening and um, I went to get something out of the refrigerator and, and there was a, a, a magazine article hanging from the shelf about fitness and there was nothing in there. 
It's one way to be fit. Don't have any food in the house. I just wanted water. But they were so set on, on this, what they wanted that they, they had a page out of a magazine hanging inside the refrigerator. I thought it was actually pretty cool. So maybe you need to go home and put a sign inside the refrigerator because you're going to be opening that sucker every day. You're going to be there. What creates imagination for you? What do you dream about? Think about this seriously. Because you realize that most people don't dream or imagine. They simply get up every day and follow the rules. Got to get up at 6. Prayerfully, they have to shower, brush the teeth, eat breakfast, whatever. Got to be on the road by this time. Got to be in the office by this time. Got to work this many hours. Got to go to lunch. Got to work this many hours. When I get off work, I got to do this. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to collapse. And guess what? I'm going to do that again tomorrow. And tomorrow, the only day you dream about maybe is Saturday. Because you're here on Sunday. And if you don't show up, you're going to feel guilty. Thank you, Jesus. Uh... <laughs> can't get you by traction we'll get you by guilt but have you thought about it really have you really just thought about what are the things and I want to I want to challenge you this is not in the notes I want to challenge you write some things down and begin to imagine then the last thing is take more risk risk life is worth living take more risks you know throughout my process um the great, this is a great adventure right now. It's a great adventure. Now, I wouldn't have told you that a year ago. I would have said this is a great tragedy. But today I stand up here and tell you, this is a great adventure. And, and so you shift how you think about things. If you're going through a financial crisis, relational crisis, marital crisis, whatever crisis you're going through, begin to see it as a great adventure it's a great adventure give opportunity take risks and you know sometimes they you win sometimes you lose but the risk biggest risk in life may be not to take one i mean i my risk was nobody would ever show up at mosaic and that was a risk and actually to see this many people here on July 3rd, Sunday, is freaking me out. I, I really thought that there'd be about four or five of us singing Kumbaya. So thank you for showing up. Um, God heard my prayers. I read this book. Some of you may have read it, Circle Maker. And in there it says, Neuro imaging has shown that as we age the center of cognitive gravity tends to shift from the imaginative imaginative right brain to the logical left brain and this neurological tendency presents a grave spiritual danger at some point most of us stop living out of imagination and start living out of memory instead of creating the future we start repeating the past Instead of living by faith, we live by logic. 
instead of going after our dreams. You see, had God not spoken to me to come here, I might have been renting. I just had thought, you know, if this so God doesn't speak to me, I'm going to go set up a little tiki bar on the beach somewhere in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And I'm going to get paddle boards and paddle boats. And I, you all could have come and visit. But I thought, it, I just began to dream. I actually went to a business, a friend of mine who's a business owner. I said, would you fund this? You think I'm crazy? I did. I just started dreaming in the middle of my crisis. I just thought, I can do anything I want. I thought I could do anything I wanted. And God says, come back to where the winds come sweeping down the plains. I responded, I want to go where the waves come crashing against the beach. That didn't happen. But now, you know, you, you start going, God's dreams and imagination is better than ours. So dream big. Fight the right fights. Judge less. Imagine more. Risk things. And I'm not saying be stupid. Don't go out there and be stupid, but sometimes it seems stupid. But we're called to live the abundant life. That's what we're called to do. I think the worst testimony that Christians have is being negative and doubtful. You know, we measure smoking, drinking, cussing, chewing. It's when you get sour on God and you don't believe. That's the worst thing in the world. Is we praise someone we don't think can change anything. Live happy. People will want to know what you're on. Be happy, people. It's the most attractive thing in the world. Have you ever noticed the difference? Have you ever watched someone not smiling and someone smiling? When someone is smiling, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And when someone is not, you wonder what's really going on. I love smiles. It just changes how you look. And it communicates to people a whole different message. Let's do that. Lord, thank you for this day and all that you do and all that you've done. Lord, may when people see us, may they see the glow and the glory of God on our countenance. It's what we want to reflect, God, because you've done so much for us, in us. Now do it through us. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, I submit myself to you this day. And Lord, I call on your name. I give you my life today. I cast my care upon you. In Jesus' name.